Good morning. Okay, so we are going to be looking in the book of Joshua today. So if you don't have your Bibles, go grab it. Um, or you can pull it up on your phone. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 1. Um, I wanted to take a, a just a little bit of time and kind of just think about the season that we are about to enter as a church. So we have been a church for five years. Um, the church is not a building. We say that all the time because the people inside are what make us a church. However, um, we have been praying. We have been uh, giving. We have been looking forward to the day that we had a place of our own um, for a long time. And we are getting ready to step right into that. The time has finally come, and even when we were just watching that uh, worship video of the kids standing outside the building, I turned to Jeff and said that this is our building. I just can't get my head around it because we have been praying for this for a long time. <clears throat> so this is a really incredible time in the life of our church, and it's been busy and frantic and a race to try and get in there and so much work. So I think it's important to kind of just take a step back and just have a moment where we kind of just think about what is ahead for us. Um, not only is this going to be a really big change for our church in the fact that we're going to be visible. Um, we're right on the corner of the main street in town. People know who we are. People have been watching us put that building up. Um, the last five years, we've kind of been tucked into the Methodist church um, on the other side of town and been kind of a hidden, which in some ways is great when you're just getting started to kind of have some time to figure out who you are and um, you know, nobody likes to see rebar get built, right? That's, <laughs> that's the, the building that foundation. So it's a really important time, but I've also been thinking a lot about, we are seeing the fulfillment of a promise that God made to us as a church. Um, Jeff and I stepped into that building, I don't know, probably seven, six or seven years ago for the first time, walked in there and we hadn't even decided to plant Homestead yet. And something in our hearts really kind of stirred, like, this could be this could be something really special. And so it was something we kind of carried in our hearts and prayed and then decided to plant homestead. And so that, that dream and that vision of that particular building has been in our hearts for a long time. And we faced a lot of ups and downs. We faced times where we thought that it wasn't going to work. and But we knew God had promised us a, a location, a, a place in our city that we could be effective. And so we knew that that was coming even if it wasn't that building, but God had promised us something. And we are seeing the fulfillment of a promise that God made to us a long time ago. And that's important to stop and think about because those are important seasons. Sometimes you get a promise from God and then there's a delay and it feels like, oh, is this ever going to happen? And the moment that you see that promise answered, it's really important to take a step back and look and remember, God, you are faithful. This is where our faith grows because the thing that you told me you were going to do, I am now seeing you do. And that is a faith builder. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we just take a little bit of time and reflect on that. It's important to mark these moments. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be, I mean, today we're looking at the story in the book of Joshua of the Israelites entering the promised land, the fulfillment of the promise that, that God had given them. And you see throughout, there's mm -hmm. moments where they will take us, take a moment, even make a monument so that they will remember. And what mm -hmm. Christy just said is so true is that you have to remember seasons. It 
you know, it doesn't have to be a building in a church. We're going to remember this season for sure as the pastors of this church. It might be something that God has done in your family, a promise that he fulfilled in your life. To You need to take a moment and just kind of remember mm -hmm. and mark that in a journal or in some other way so that in the future you can look back and say, yep, God was faithful. Mm -hmm. He never changes. He Look at what he's done in the past. He has been faithful. He will, he will do that again. I remember she was mentioning the first time we were in that building. So the downstairs room where Big Top Kids will be used to be the ice cream shop. So mm -hmm. I think the first time we went in there, we had looked at that building, but the first time we went in there was uh, when we were in there for ice cream, mm -hmm. one of the numerous times. <laughs> so in order to, to, you have the ice cream shop, but then there's the hallway behind it where the, our bathrooms are on the lower level. Well, those are the bathrooms that we would use in the ice cream shop. And I remember going out into the hallway looking for the bathroom. I saw the elevator. I was like, I'm going to go explore, even though I wasn't supposed to explore. So I remember riding that elevator, and it worked back then, <laughs> eight years ago. And going upstairs and wandering and seeing the, the Grand Hall, which will be our sanctuary for the first time. And it really was a moment, both of us felt it, of just, um, wow, this is, this, build, this is more than just a building. This has really some special um, potential for God mm -hmm. using it as a lighthouse, as the kids were doing in their worship video, a mm -hmm. lighthouse for the city of Farmington. Mm -hmm. So it has been a vision and a dream for us for, for a while. So we wanted to take some time today and just look at the story of Joshua in mm -hmm. the Bible. And we were talking over the last couple of weeks about just looking through scriptures, seeing other stories of where God fulfilled a promise mm -hmm. and, and how he is doing that in our midst as Homestead Community Church. So that's what we're going to look at today in the book of Joshua. So a little bit of backstory, a little bit of history. Um, God had made a promise to Abraham. So Abraham was kind of the father of the, the nation of Israel. God had made a promise to him, and the promise was this. I'm going to grow your family, and then I'm going to give you a special land for your family to inhabit. So <clears throat> at the time that God made this promise, Abraham didn't even have a son, and he was old, and his wife was old, and... Um, but God said, I am going to make your family into a nation. I'm going to grow your family and I'm going to give you a promised land. I'm going to give you a place where your family can live and inhabit. And so eventually God gave Abraham a son when that was Isaac. And then Isaac had two sons, Esau and Jacob. And then Jacob had 12 sons. We just talked about them just a few weeks ago because one of his sons was Joseph. And God eventually sent Joseph ahead to Egypt because there was going to be a famine in the land. And, oh, you know what? This would be a good place for Big Top Kids Toy Theater to tell us the story of how the children of Israel ended up in, Joseph, in Egypt. Wow, what are the chances? We'll be right back. And now it's time for another episode of Big Top Kids Toy Theater. Last week, we learned about Joseph, who was sold into slavery from his brothers, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and thrown in prison. While in prison, Joseph was with two of Pharaoh's workers. The baker. Hello. And the cupbearer. Hi. One night, the baker and the cupbearer were sleeping, and they both had bad dreams. and they woke up very scared and worried. I'm very scared, and I'm very worried, because we need someone to interpret our dreams. So Joseph said, well, with God's help, I can interpret your dreams for you. And he told the cupbearer, yes? In three days, 
you'll be let out of prison and back in Pharaoh's court. But remember me when you do and tell Pharaoh about me. And three days later, that's exactly what happened. Boom, 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 I'm out of prison. Boom, 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 boom. Hooray! Now Joseph told the baker, In three days, Mr. Baker, yes, I'll be let out of prison too. No, you'll be executed. Oh no! And in three days later, that's exactly what happened. Now, two years later, Two years later, Pharaoh, who was the ruler of all of Egypt, had a bad dream too, and he wanted someone to interpret the dream. I'm so scared, I had a bad dream. And the cupbearer said, Mr. Pharaoh, when I was in prison, I was with the young man who interpreted my dream. I think I was supposed to tell you about him a couple of years ago. Pharaoh called for Joseph and asked him to interpret the dream. Hey, Joseph! Joseph said, Pharaoh, this is what your dream means. For seven years, Egypt will have an abundance of food. More food than you can imagine. But after that, there will be a famine and there will be no more food. lesson in your dream is that you better save up food now so that you'll have some when you need it. And Pharaoh said, that's a great idea, Joseph. I'm so impressed that I'm going to put you in charge of all the food. You're the now the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. They saved up so much food over the next seven years that when the famine came, they had enough food, not only for themselves, but for all the other countries. Back home, Joseph's brothers ran out of food and they were very hungry. And they said, let's go to Egypt. I hear there's a man there who has plenty of food. And so that's what they did. They all went to Egypt. Yeah, let's go to Egypt. When Joseph saw his brothers coming, he quickly disguised himself so that they wouldn't recognize him. And his brothers came up to him and they all bowed down before him. <laughs> no, we're just bowing down. And they asked Joseph for some food. And remember, this was the dream that Joseph had at the beginning of the story, that his brothers would one day bow down before him. All of a sudden, Joseph removed his disguise and said, it's me, your brother Joseph. And all of his brothers were shocked and amazed. <gasps> what? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I bet he's going to be upset. Oh, and they asked his brothers for forgiveness and Joseph forgave his brothers. All of the brothers and their father Jacob 
moved their families to back to Egypt, where they were all one big happy family, and there was plenty of food for everyone. The end. We're back. Thanks to our Big Top Kids Toy Theater Department. That was fun to watch. That was a, that was one we had used before, but it fit well today. Talking about how the Israelites came to be in Egypt. God had promised them, uh, God had promised Abraham that he would give them a home. And all of a sudden they find themselves in Egypt. And that's how. They fled a famine. Joseph had uh, been placed in his position of influence for that purpose. So that he would be able to uh, save his family. Well, that goes on, you know, if you follow in, in the Old Testament, that goes on well for a while. But eventually the Egyptians get nervous about these Israelites that are growing in population and appear to be blessed by God and growing in power and influence. So they turn the Israelites into a slave nation. And uh, the Israelites are slaves in Egypt for a long time. And eventually God raises up a young man named Moses to go to Pharaoh and say, all right, Pharaoh, time's up. Time to let God's people go. And there's the plagues. And there's the exodus, and this is how, you know, the Israelites go from their home to Egypt, slaves in Egypt, leaving Egypt in a mighty, miraculous way. This would be what Passover celebration is all about, remembering the time when God miraculously delivered the Israelites out of slavery. So that happens, and they are about to go to the promised land, but they disobey God, and God causes them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Exactly the same amount of time it has taken us to renovate the Exchange Bank <laughs> building in downtown Farmington. So clearly God is at work in this situation. Um, another uh, thing that I've been thinking about this week, I'll, well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, so 40 years and then God um, tells Moses that you are not going to actually be with them in the promised land. Um, so when Moses dies at the end of that 40 years, that's when God starts talking to Joshua mm -hmm. about entering the promised land. I bring that up because um, I've had a couple conversations with people. With everything going on in the world, people are like, man, it feels like Jesus is coming back. Mm -hmm. Jesus is coming, and I'm all for it, except for the fact that I want to be in this building for at least one week <laughs> before Jesus comes back. If I get final occupancy tomorrow and Jesus comes back on Tuesday... Don't get me wrong, I'll be happy to be in heaven, um, but I might be a little standoffish for a while. Because I'm going to be like, what? All that work and we didn't get to be in the building? Not that I'm like Moses in any way except for that. Kind of like, what? What? I've wandered with these people for 40 years and uh, you're not going to let me into the promised land. So that's what happens. Moses dies, Joshua takes over leading the nation of Israel and they um, are about to enter the promised land. So imagine the buildup. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this promise that they had heard about from their forefathers and from Abraham um, through them. Hundreds and hundreds of years uh, fleeing a famine, ending up in Egypt. Hundreds of years of, was it hundreds of years of slavery? Well, the total was 430 years from the promise to when Joshua stepped foot. So, so imagine, right, imagine the buildup of 430 <laughs> mm -hmm. years and now they are finally about to cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land. So imagine that buildup as we read um, 
from Joshua. Yeah, so Joshua 1, we're going to read through 1, 1 through 9, because this is the moment that God is saying, okay, it's time. You're going to cross over. They're standing. The children of Israel and Joshua are standing at the Jordan River, and they're getting ready to cross through it. And when they get to the other side, they'll be in. This will be the fulfillment of the promise. They will be in the promised land. And so God has some very specific instructions for Joshua and for the people. And so we thought, you know, this is a really good thing. We should look at what does what were the instructions that God said to these people and to Joshua as they're getting ready to take hold of the promise that they had. Because I believe that's a word for us, too, of what should be in the front of our minds, what should be in our imaginations, what should we be focusing on as we step into the promised land. So Joshua 1, 1 through 9 says this, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I have given you. <clears throat> from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon hills in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, and then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So when we look at the instructions that God gave to Joshua as they were getting ready to step foot into the promise of what God had given, he gives three things that are instructions. Number one, he says, be strong and courageous. Number two, he says to study and know God's word and make it the guide for everything you do. And number three, remember that I am always with you. So we want to look at that, those three things, and see how it applies to us as Homestead Church. As we were reading that, it again, I noticed and it jumped out to me that it's not one time that he tells the Israelites to be strong and courageous. He lists it three times. He says it three times. Be strong and courageous in verse 6. In verse 7, be strong and very courageous. And then in verse 9, be very strong and very, very, very courageous. <laughs> very, very, very. Very, very, very. Um, he is telling them that there's going to be difficult work ahead, hard work ahead. And I imagine in that moment, they probably thought, oh, all the difficulties are behind us, slavery and the wilderness and all of these things. Um, we made it! We made it! Time <laughs> to live easy and happy. And this was the fulfillment of a promise, and they saw the victory there. But God is saying there is work to do. Mm -hmm. This is just the beginning. I've, 
I've always compared this moment of the Israelites entering the promised land to our salvation experience as believers in Jesus, where we become Christians, we put our faith in Jesus, we receive mercy and salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus, but at no point is our approach to faith and life like, well, now I'm good. Mm. Uh, nothing but smooth sailing from here on out. No, that's the beginning of the process of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And this is what God is teaching the Israelites now. This is just the beginning of the process for what it's going to look like for you to be my people. Um, so he is uh, he is reminding them three times. There's a lot of hard work ahead. You're going to need to be strong. You're going to need to be brave. You're going to have to show more courage and strength than you ever have imagined. Mm -hmm. So... Um, for us, entering this building, and again, this is just, you know, this is a big deal for us at Homestead. But we recognize that. This, this is not the end of the hard work. Mm -hmm. This is not the end of a step of faith. Some of you just wrapped up two years of giving to the Welcome Home Giving Campaign. It's not like you can say, good, I get that money back and now I don't ever have to be generous again. No, this is the beginning mm -hmm. of what God is going to do uh, through us in this church building. And one thing I thought about even... Um, the last couple of weeks as we've been coming to the end of this online only church. Church is not meant to be online. Church is not meant to be observed. And I think one of the things that we're going to have to, even just a small thing coming out of coronavirus season is re-engage in church and, and shake ourselves out of this spectator mm -hmm. just watching church. Because that's naturally what's going to happen when you sit in front of a screen like you're doing right now. You could be watching Netflix on another screen um, doing whatever. You could be napping on the couch and nobody would know. Um, so we have to re-engage with what church really is. Mm -hmm. And our our mission as, our, as Homestead Church is we're a community of people. Mm -hmm. We gather together. Mm -hmm. We meet needs in this community together. We grow in our faith together. So this is not a we're going to get into the building and now we're just going to become comfortable and complacent. God, I believe, is saying the same things to us. Be strong and courageous. We're just getting started. Mm -hmm. We're just getting started with generosity. We're getting started with steps of faith, with sacrifices that we're going to make, with hard work that it's going to take to reach this city for the gospel mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So really, in a lot of ways, the work is just beginning. So we've got to be ready. As we enter the building next week, it'd be fun if there was a river that we could cross. As we walk through the Vermilion River into the <laughs> building next week, um, this is just the beginning. We have to get ready to to step into what God has for us. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing that God tells Joshua is don't deviate from the word of the Lord. Let me read you verse seven and eight again. He says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do this is a really important reminder as they are entering into the promised land that god has given them to remind them who they are and what they are all about a big chunk of this portion of scripture of this instruction is Remember the law of the Lord, mm -hmm. read it, study it, and then obey it. It's like he wants to say, hey, you're getting ready to go into everything that you would imagine, and there's going to be all kinds of really great things, but you have to remember who you are. You are my people, and what is going to keep you focused and keep you centered is the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Build your lives on the truth of God. Remember, you are my people. 
You need to be deeply committed to knowing the law of the Lord, and you need to be deeply committed to obeying it. So this is a really good reminder for us. We are excited about our building. We believe we're going to be a gathering place for our community. We want to have great events. We want to even meet needs in our community. We want to have this great place that we can all gather together. But we have to remember, we are the church Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. The whole reason we exist is to tell people about the law of the Lord, about the word of God, about salvation through Jesus Christ. And so we have to always keep that in the front of our minds. We are we have to be deeply committed to knowing the word of God and teaching the word of God and obeying the word of God. Now, this is an important thing for us individually that each one of us takes that mandate on of I need to be deeply committed to reading the word of God, to learning what it says, to teaching it to my children, to meditate on it day and night, like it says in verse eight. But it also is important for us to corporately remember Mm -hmm. we are deeply committed to the word of God. This, what we are doing, this is not our opinions on things. This isn't what we think about stuff, feel about stuff. We are deeply committed to preaching the word of God to teaching our children and our youth the word of God, what it says, and then the importance of obeying it. So I think that this is a really important key that God tells Joshua, hey, be strong and courageous. There's work ahead. But he also says it's going to be really important that you are deeply committed to knowing the word and obeying what it says. And so we are, again, reiterating our deep commitment to the word of God and to obeying it. Right. And then the third thing, that God tells Joshua, he says, be strong and courageous. He said, don't forget about the law that I've given you. Meditate on it. And then verse 9, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not fear, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. He is saying, don't be afraid. Even in the difficult things, don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm with you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Not because of any result or not because... Uh, you're going to be a mighty army and you're going to, you know, be able to conquer the enemies. Simply, God says, don't, don't be afraid, be courageous. All of that bravery and courage comes from the fact that we know that God will be with us. Mm -hmm. That's it. God is with us. As we've walked through this last few months, even in some of the darkest times that we've gone through as parents in our family, as individuals, um, I know you've experienced this. Hopefully you've experienced this. And if you haven't, you just have to know the biggest source of hope and peace is not based on what God might do to change the outcome, what I might be able to figure out a solution. The biggest hope and faith builder that I have in any season is God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. We walk through this. Whatever you're going through now in your family, Mm -hmm. parenting, marriage, uh, health, finances, there's a lot of things that have been shaken up over the last few months. You have to anchor yourself in this. I'm not going to be afraid and I'm not going to be discouraged. Why? Because God's with me. Mm -hmm. God is with me. And that is enough. That's enough to walk through any season without fear or discouragement. It's a beautiful reminder that we don't have to do any of this on our own. Mm -hmm. This is not up to us. We get filled with angst and fear when we start feeling like we got to come up with all the solutions. Mm -hmm. Somebody... (laughs) 
somebody might have been doing that this week, feeling a little angsty <laughs> because they didn't know how to have all the answers for all the things that he or she may have been facing. <laughs> you're totally outing me in your sermon. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. If you're feeling convicted, then that's the Holy Spirit. Um, no, there, and I've, I've done it too. Um, I've done it too where the, the, when you start feeling the pressure of, yeah. I got to figure this out. My kid mm-hmm. is struggling. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to be a better dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all fine, but you can take the pressure off. God says, "I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I am going to work." And you look. That's why it's so important to remember the times when God has brought you through seasons. And next week in our sermon, I'm gonna tell the follow-up story of what God asks them to do next, so that they would remember. Mm-hmm. We have to remember those seasons because we say God never changes. He never fails, and He was faithful then. And here I am again, wondering what to do. He's going to be faithful again. He is going to move and work. He has brought us this far, and he will bring us through everything that lies ahead. Mm -hmm. Verse 5, it says, I will not fail or abandon you. This is the God who has led us every step of the way. Homestead Church, Mm -hmm. we're a church of just over five years old. He has led us every step of the way. This is his church. Mm -hmm. You know who cares about this church more than us or you is God. This Mm -hmm. is his church. This is his building. This is his congregation and ministry and work and victory that he is going to provide in our community. The work that he is doing in you and in your family and in your marriage and in all the things that you are feeling nervous about today, he wants you to take a step back and remember this is his work. Mm -hmm. You are his child, his loved child, and he is working no matter what. This is what he tells the Israelites. Be brave, be strong. Meditate on the word and always remember, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I am with you. This is my work. He's going to be with you as he has been in the past. He will be in every step from here forward. Mm -hmm. So it's a good reminder for all of us because there are a lot of things that we're all trying to figure out. And I don't know about you. When you, you know, I read Be Strong and Courageous. I think I've come out of this season these last few months just feeling weary, feeling tired, feeling a little overwhelmed and feeling like everything is piling up. Right? One thing and then another thing. And oh, now there's this and now there's this and now there's this. And it's almost too much for my brain to handle. Um, so the thing to remember about when God tells us to be strong and courageous is that he gives us courage. He gives us strength. And so uh, when I have those moments that I'm feeling overwhelmed, which I may have had a few in the last few weeks, that I take a step back. And Paul says in Second Corinthians that... I will even boast in my weakness because in my greatest moment of weakness, that's when God's strength is perfected. And we really get to see. It's one thing when like, oh, I'm feeling strong. Oh, and God might be adding additional strength onto the top of my own personal strength. But there's something about I'm empty. My cup is at the bottom. My anxiety's through the roof. I don't know what to do next. That when the cup is empty... That God pouring in his strength, that's when we see, wow, okay, that really is the truth of who God is. And so I just want to pray for you as we as we end this time for two things. I just want to pray for your own personal strength and courage. Um, wherever you find yourself on the scale of strong and courageous, that God would just pour into you that strength and that courage. Um, And then just pray for us corporately as a church as we are entering this next season that we would have the mind of Christ, that we would be able to um, do the work that he has set forward for us, that we would 
um, just see incredible fruit in the next season. Um, that God would protect our church, that he would bring unity and strength, mm-hmm. that he would help us as we're moving forward in these days. So let's let's just close in prayer. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we thank you so much that you have promised strength to us when we are weary. And so, Lord, I just admit my own weariness, my own fatigue, my own um, lack of knowing what to do in a lot of situations. But, Jesus, I thank you that you've promised when my cup is the emptiest, you fill it up with your strength. And so, Lord, we just fix our eyes on you. We're asking you to pour in strength where we feel broken and weary, where we feel tired, where we feel overwhelmed by all the things going on around us. Jesus, we thank you that your strength is perfect and that you come and you give us bravery when we're feeling anything less than brave and strong. We thank you, God, that we can rely on you. And Lord, as we are getting ready to dip our toes in the water and cross into the land that you have promised us, first of all, we say thank you, Jesus. We we recognize that you have brought us this far, and it has been through your grace through that you are fulfilling the promise, and so we thank you for that. But Lord, we also take to mind the instructions that you gave the children of Israel as they were stepping in. Lord, we want to take that on ourselves. First of all, Lord, give us the strength and the courage to be brave and strong. Second of all, Lord, we deeply commit ourselves to your word and to the preaching of your mm-hmm. word and to the meditating of our word, per, of your word personally in our own lives. And Lord, in the, in the future of our church, God, may we be people who cling to the word of God as the ultimate source of truth and that we obey it. We don't just know it, but we do it. And lastly, Lord, I thank you that you are with us. That you go before us, you come behind us, you surround us on every side. You are making a path in the wilderness. So, Lord, we fix our eyes on you. We thank you, God, for what you have ahead for us. And we put our hope and faith and trust in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Amen. Just uh, for all the homestead people watching, we are are anticipating a season of growth as Mm -hmm. a church just with outreach and people coming to our services. However, I think the biggest area of growth that God wants to do is in your own personal faith, your mm-hmm. discipleship. God is, God is wanting you to take steps and grow. Mm-hmm. So with that always comes opposition. Mm-hmm. We have a spiritual opposition. So be mindful of that this week. We are mindful of that through this whole process as we've been going through this building, recognizing, yes, God is preparing us c- corporately and individually for what he wants to do next, but there's going to be an opposition. So I encourage you to spend some time praying this week just for the work that God wants to do in you, not Homestead Church collectively, but you. <laughs> um, this is weird. And, uh, and recognize that God is going to do that, but there's going to be opposition. So pray, pray, uh, open your heart up to what God wants to do, and then just keep praying for your family as, as there certainly will be opposition to that. Mm-hmm. But we know that God is with us no matter what. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us today. Um, Couple announcements. Couple announcements. Um, if you uh, youth tonight, so because we couldn't get in the building this week, building. Um, youth have scrambled in. The Merricks and the Montgomerys have graciously opened up their homes. So there's small groups tonight at six thirty. At the Montgomery home are the boys, boys, sixth grade through twelfth grade, and at the Merricks house are girls sixth grade through 12th grade. So if you need addresses and information, just message us and we'll make sure that we get you that information if you haven't gotten. 
Yes. Yet. So that's youth tonight, 6.30. Mm-hmm. Montgomery's and Merrick's house. Um, offering? Offering. If you would like to give to Homestead Church, thank you for that. We are Our new website is uh, up and running. A couple edits to go, so. but I think it's up and running. <laughs> Either way, there's a way to give online. We just mm-hmm. also switched our church management software. Why not just make everything different? <laughs> Let's add a few more things to take care of right now. Um, maybe we should remodel our houses too. Um, so the website is up, homesteadcommunitychurch.org, and uh, you can give online through that. Um, we appreciate your faithful mm-hmm. support of this church. We recognize this is not about us strong-arming you to give. This is just about having a heart of generosity, um, trusting in God in the mm-hmm. area of our finances. Yeah. He's taking care of you. He's taking care of us as a ch- as a church and individually. So we just it's a it's a sign of trust when we're living generously. Mm-hmm. And so we thank you that you're doing that. You have you as a church have been modeling generous, faithful, obedient people. We thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also send a check or an offering to the church office at three forty four Third Street in Farmington. I'll put all these website and addresses up on the screen at the end. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a generosity fund. If you yes. want to give to a generosity fund, we recognize that there are people who have financial need. And as a church, we just want to bless them in in sm- small, tangible ways. Just try to help them, those who have needs. And so give towards that if you want. And next week, y'alls. That was me pretending to be an elevator. <laughs> Um, we so have our we have our final occupancy. Uh, the paperwork has to get in on Monday. Yeah, there's paperwork. There's it just came, keep praying. It came I can't down take to this. Week. We had an inspection, uh, and it was like Wednesday or Thursday. The final final with the building inspector. We knew the elevator was a mess, so we knew that had to be fixed. But all the other stuff passed great. They said, "Man, whoever did the tile work around here was awesome." No, they didn't say that. Um, <laughs> But they they passed everything, just a few little adjustments. So we got those done. And then the elevator guys came and got the final fix. So the elevator works. And it was like Friday at noon. So I was highly motivated to get everyone back there and say, let's get this wrapped up so we can have church. But Friday at noon in the trades, not many other people were highly motivated. They were not highly motivated. They said, I think Monday. And I'm like, great. Monday, it's Friday now, but Monday's coming. Um, So that happens tomorrow. Um, I don't foresee any other glitches so we'll post again um all of the just the guidelines for coming to church um, a place where you can just sign up for uh what service you're going to come to that just helps us it's not a big register you know big process it's really just to help us make sure that we can kind of keep those capacity numbers Mm -hmm. um families will be together so we'll post all of that again this week um and we just can't wait to be in that building with y'all so we'll keep you updated if you would like to get regular emails from homestead church let us know you can comment on this or put a message on the homestead facebook page we can add you to our active attenders email list because that's where we send out updates but we also will just update this homestead facebook page that you are on now with final last minute details i think that is it that's it have a fabulous father's day happy father's day yes happy father's day to you all we love you all and we'll see you later